Good morning. What a pleasure it is to be with you this morning. We absolutely love Australia and we love church, so we're in the right place. We've been all over and seen uh, wonderful things happen all over Australia. I can just, I was just talking to Valerie and Jeff and said we just see a the revival fire being ignited and is spreading all over Australia. That's our heart for you. We brag on you when we go to America because of what we've seen in the churches. God's doing a great, great work. And uh, I am just, my name is Candace, and I'm overly spoiled by the Lord and uh, my husband. And I don't have to do a lot. I just get, get, go along and travel with him and get the overflow of anointing that he brings. <laughs> We've been, we've been married 40, is it 43 years now? 42. Oh, 42. I'm rushing it. <laughs> 42 beautiful years. And uh, we have three wonderful children and six grandchildren, one great granddaughter that was just born. So uh, we are highly favored and blessed. God is so good to us. And we're so glad to be here this morning. I just want to say during worship, I just saw the Lord has you in his vice grip of love. And you're just not going to get away. You may try. <laughs> he's not going to let you. He's going to track you down. So he's just got, you, got this church there. It's so anointed during worship. And I just, as I had my hands raised, I could just see the oil of heaven pouring into this place. And it's just going to speed up. I could see it just speeding up just like a fire hydrant. Just getting stronger and stronger. The Lord's doing a great work through your your team here. Thank you, Pastor Marty and Karen. What a delight to be here. I just uh, just want to read a psalm before my husband speaks. Uh, I know many of you know that we we're doing a translation called the Passion Translation, and uh, my husband will talk about it a little bit more, but I just want to read Psalm 67 to you this morning. And you don't have to turn in your Bible. I'll read it to you. So uh, it's time to praise him. Don't you like that? God, keep us near your grace fountain, and when you look down on us, may your face beam with joy. Send us out all over the world so that everyone everywhere will discover your ways and see your power to save. Let them all burst forth with praise. Let everyone everywhere love and enjoy you. Then how glad the nations will be when you are their king. They will sing, they will shout, for you give true justice to the people. Yes, the Lord... You, Lord, are the shepherd of the nations. No wonder the peoples praise you. Let all the people praise you more. The harvest of the earth is here. God keeps us satisfied at his banquet of blessings, and the blessings keep coming. So let all the earth become his lovers. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, God. I love your word. All right, I'm just going to turn it over to my husband. Uh, he has an awesome message for you today, and uh, we're just so pleased to be here. And I hope I get to meet some of you before the, the morning's over. So God bless you. Thank you. Isn't she gorgeous? She's hot. She is just amazing. I'm so blessed to be her husband. And uh, we travel together and we're here with you today. We're so thankful pastors for allowing us uh, to come, and you've had so many wonderful speakers here. Another one, and I'm sure some of you would say, we want Karen and Marty, where are they? We want them to, well, they'll be next Sunday, I think, 
Next Sunday, they'll be sharing and ministering the Word of God. But uh, I'd like to share with you for the next six hours about... Oh, let's make it five. You're so sweet. I'd like to bring a message to you that I know is going to drop your socks. It's going to, uh, it's going to just tear your heart wide open. Jesus loves you more than you know. He truly does. My wife and I uh, were called to really go to the nations. We were part of the Jesus movement in the early 70s, a movement of the Spirit that swept over a lot of young people and brought them into the kingdom of God. There were a few gifts at that time that were manifesting, but uh, mostly we were just Bible fanatics, and we, and we wanted to reach everyone for Jesus. I'll never forget our evangelistic style. We called it red light evangelism. Every time we hit a stoplight, we'd empty out of our car, run up to the car in front of us, pound on their window, and tell them, you need Jesus, turn or burn, shake or bake, cry or fry, you need Jesus. And then the light would turn green and we'd scurry back into the car. And the poor people were like, ha, ha, We were just accosted by evangelists. So it's really awesome, those of you that have been connected to the psychic fair and what's going on out there, may God really just rip it open and bring a good harvest, some salvations and healings and miracles out there. Well, we, we after a long engagement of three weeks, my wife and I got married, and we ended up going into, uh, you're going to have to stay with me now, we went into uh, missions, tribal missions. I was a Baptist. Anybody okay with that here? I was uh, pastored a few Baptist churches and had a, a very strong Baptist upbringing after my B.C. days when I got converted. Uh, you would not want to know me in those B.C. days, believe me. But uh, we, we ended up going to the jungle of Central South America where we were tribal missionaries with indigenous people for a number of years. Uh, we lived with, uh, with virtually none of what we have here. There was no electricity, nothing. There was no uh, toilets other than uh, the river. There was, um, there was no refrigerator, no Coke Zero, nothing. It was hard. But the Lord broke in. I'll never forget trying to learn a tribal language. Have you ever learned a language from scratch? We had to. There was no book. We actually had to put the alphabet of the language together. I was a linguist, so we were part sent there as a team to, to uh, put their language into print and then translate the Bible and teach them to read their own language. They'd never read their own language before. It was just wild. And, you know, to learn a tribal language is crazy. I, all I could do was point. I pointed to a rock. I said, what's that? They gave me the word phonetically. I wrote it down. Then I went over and touched a tree. What's that? They gave me, they said something. So I wrote it down, figured I would get a tree. And then I saw a cloud go over. And I pointed up, what's that? I knew I would get cloud or sky or something. So I got my first three words. I looked at the paper that I'd written them on. It was the same word. Every time I pointed and said, what's that? They said, your finger, stupid. <laughs> so I got the word for finger. They don't point with their finger. They point with their lips. 
So culture lesson number one, when you reach another tribe, you know, get prepared to be humbled, be stupid. They, they would mock us for the first year or so we were there. They would come and laugh at us and say, our three-year-old child speaks better than you do. Nah, 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 nah. And, and uh, just really rubbed it in. And, and I think maybe pride kicked in and made me want to learn the language so they would stop making fun of us. And uh, we eventually did, and we were able to teach them uh, the gospel. We gave them, the, for the first time ever in their history, they heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ in their language. And a move of the Spirit broke loose, and uh, they, they were virtually the entire village got rocked by the power of God. And at that time, as a Baptist, uh, I'm still a recovering Baptist, but as a Baptist, I, I, I didn't believe that God did a lot of the supernatural until an angel came to me and appeared to me and told me that I was to go down to another village and to bring the gospel to a, to a man and his wife. And I was made to see the very hut where they lived and that I was to go. So I went and uh, took a day to go down there. And as soon as I walked up to their, their grass hut, dirt floor, bark walls, grass roof, as I walked up to them, the man came out and fell right on the ground and started shaking and weeping. The power of God just landed on him. I'd never seen that. I had never been to Toronto. I didn't know any of this stuff. And he was just like bacon in a frying pan. He was just sizzling under the power of God. And then his wife came out of the shadows of the hut. And, and I didn't know she was there. She came in to the doorway and she also fell down to the dirt and began to shake and quake. And, and I knelt down beside them and I told them the sweetest message you could ever speak to a human being, the love of God, that he loved them. And an angel of the Lord sent, uh, sent me to them to bring the message of Christ. And they were so beautifully converted about a month later or less, the man was killed in the jungle. A tree fell over and killed him. And I knew from that encounter that the Lord wanted him. The Lord had called him to himself. You see, it's God's love that opens up the supernatural realm. Sometimes it's not just his love for us, but it's his love for other people. So uh, I, we're just here today, my wife and I, to enjoy this, this sweet day with you and to bring uh, a four-hour teaching. Um, it is getting shorter. Um, so I want you to turn in your Bible to Song of Songs, chapter 2, and verse 14. Song of Songs. Now, as you're finding that portion of the Bible, if you go to uh, Isaiah, make a left turn, and you'll go into Song of Songs. If you're at Psalms, make a right turn, you can find it. But um, my, after we, we had our time in the jungle there, the Lord spoke to me in audible voice. I got introduced to the prophetic uh, sovereignly. I had nobody really mentoring me or helping me other than the, the Lord. And um, I had a lot to learn. I still have much to learn in these things. But, but uh, the Lord spoke at 5 in the morning one morning there in, in uh, Central America. And he, he called my wife and I. He said, leave, leave Panama and go back to North America because I'm going to send a, a global awakening and a revival that will sweep nations into my kingdom and you are going to be a part of it. So we, we took that. I mean, if God speaks to you in that way, you want to obey, right? Uh, you don't have to worry or wonder. 
and uh, shortly after we left to go back to uh, North America, some Colombian uh, drug cartel, really bad desperados, came in with armed, uh, with automatic weapons, kidnapped the men that I handpicked to replace us. I was leading the field at that time, so I handpicked uh, our replacements. I picked the, the best, nicest couples. I mean, they were just so sweet. They were so anointed, so godly. And I put them in the jungle, and uh, these guys came in and kidnapped the men, drug them out into the jungle, and killed them, and leaving their widows and children behind. And I, I know that my best friends are martyrs and that they wear the martyr's crown. I got some good inner healing for survivor's guilt, and I'm set free from that. The Lord showed me a vision of them wearing the martyr's crown, and he told me, he said, they'd never come back even if they had the opportunity. They are in their reward, and they love it here. So don't you worry about a thing. And uh, I got healed from that years ago, and I'm thankful for it. Uh, so that's kind of our brief history. But then we, we ended up going to, uh, have you ever heard of Yale University? We ended up going to uh, Connecticut, where Yale is, just minutes away from the campus. And we started a church there with about 45 people, and it grew and grew and grew throughout the 90s. Uh, we made lots of trips to Toronto, wherever the Spirit of God was moving. Uh, we had uh, every prophet you can imagine would come into our church and, and prophesy, the angel of revival is with you. The angel of revival is here. The awakening wind is going to blow. And I believe that same angelic presence is here in the room today. Is that okay? That the, that the harvest Australia, that there is a mighty move of the Spirit about to break loose. Uh, you're going to have the first stirrings of it before this month is over. And uh, as long as I'm on this... I had angel of the Lord came to me. Uh, we were in Brizzy, Queensland. I'm learning Aka. I do not like Vegemite, though, but I'm learning Aka. You won't find me sneaking any of that in my suitcase. But the angel of the Lord came to me with a scroll when I was in Brisbane. And I thought it was for that church. And it wasn't. I believe it's for you. I really do. And the angel of the Lord brought this scroll. It was a parchment and handed it to me. And, and I couldn't see everything that was on it, but I saw the title. It was Zechariah 2 was written in bold print, Zechariah 2. And then there was some other print, and at the bottom there was a, a seal to authenticate that it had come from heaven. Did you know God's messages, they have a seal on them? I, I didn't. I found out. And there was also a copyright insignia, the, the letter C, you know, with the circle. It was copyrighted. I thought, this is interesting. I don't know if I have the right to copy this or what, but but as I read part of the scroll, it was Zechariah 2.5 that says, I myself will be a wall of fire around this church. I will be a wall of fire around you and I will be glory within you. Is that all right? Fire around you, glory within you. You don't have a thing to worry about, mate. You really don't. There's not one thing you have to be concerned about when God himself says, I will be a wall of fire around you. Hmm. 
And my wife then saw it in the worship today. She saw a wall of fire around this church. I said, that's the scroll. I've been wondering who gets the goodies here. It's you. You ought to write that verse out somewhere. Yeah, give him praise. Don't, no golf claps. No golf claps for Jesus. Yeah. Woo! God is so with you. He is so with you guys. You know, you are so absolutely radiantly, beautifully glorious in his eyes. You know, he told me something about you. You know what he really loves about you? Everything. (laughs) Tell the person next to you, even if you don't like them, tell them, I know what God loves about you. Everything. Go ahead and tell them. Everything. Oh, because you're so beautiful, we're going to cut it down to three hours. And uh, so back to my introduction. Um, After we started this church, you know, it just really like uh, people told us, you don't start a river glory, Holy Spirit, angels, prophetic, revelation, glory, dripping everywhere church outside of Yale University. Well, guess what? I had profs coming. I had students coming, the divinity students. I had, they were busing students to come to our church. These are the elite of the elite of the intelligentsia of academia. They were coming. And by the second song, they were falling on their face and snot coming out of their nose. And they were crying. And, and they, they were just like wrecked. And we'd scoop them up and put them back on the bus when the service was over and let them go back to campus. And stuff is breaking out on the Ivy League campuses in North America. Thank God we need, we need a, a major turnaround. But when the church was like, you know, at its best, I, it was amazing. I had 26 people working for me. I had a beautiful team. Our church was, it was the envy of pastors in, in the entire Northeast. People loved our church. Pa- uh, prophets wanted to come. They would prophesy to me that they're coming to my church. I said, well, could I hear from the Lord that first? Is that all right? You know how that works. People calling you up saying, God told me to come to your church. Well, wait a second. And uh, right at the high, high point, high watermark, so to speak, the, the Lord again said, Brian, let go of your Isaac. Turn it over to your children and come with me on the ride of your life. And that was four years ago, and we just uh, handed it over. And uh, my son-in-law, he's a brilliant man. He married our daughter. (laughs) He he was a a, distinguished businessman, had an office, managed about 80 people, just a tremendous guy. Uh, He's from Lebanon. He's Lebanese. And um, so... I, I, he was my executive pastor, so I turned the church, we turned the church over to him. People lined up for two blocks that Sunday that we finally bid farewell and uh, cried on us and wept on us. I had mascara, lipstick, snot, everything all over my, my jacket. Um, but it was really tearful because we really put our hearts there. We hosted the ghost. I mean, we had river meetings. 
uh, we had churches from all over coming, and we, we just loved what he was doing in the church. I love churches, by the way. Thank you so much for letting me bring my two-hour sermon to you. So we turned it over, and I thought, well, Lord, ah, you're jumping off a cliff. You know, we had everything, and now it's like we're back to missionaries again. Show us your heart. Give us your will. And, and about that time, this crazy thought came into my heart that I was to translate the whole Bible in English. You know how many books there are in the Bible? That's a lot of books of the Bible. I mean, Philemon, maybe. Third John, I could maybe swing that, but the whole Bible. I said, God, you're going to have to do something. This is really you. Make it clear. So through an encounter with the Lord, I, I was commissioned to do this project. And I don't say it lightly, uh, but I don't want to overstate either. I don't know that I could overstate it, how clearly it was that I was to do this project. And we've begun with um, Song of Songs. I'm going to share a little bit more in the hour and a half I have left. And... Um, and uh, did Psalms, which my wife read from. We did um, Luke and, what's that? Uh, letters from Heaven, Paul's letters. And the sad thing is I, I shipped 12 cases to, uh, to Paradise here, thinking that that would last, and they went like the first 10 days. I was shocked. So there's a real hunger, by the way, in the Australian church for the, the raw, authentic, passionate organic revelation of truth that not fluffed but not diluted and sadly many translations have diluted the scriptures and and have taken things out about the apostolic you know there's more in the new testament about apostles than there are the other four other four uh, ascension ministries combined there's just a tremendous amount and and, uh, women are tend to be put down a lot in some of the translations I'm just sniffing the air here. I want to know how far I can go. (laughs) Hey, you know Cleopas? Who's Cleopas? Bible survey. Cleopas was one of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Remember? They, They were walking on the day of resurrection, and Jesus appeared and walked with them, and one of them was named Cleopas. You know, it's a woman. Never been translated, right? It was a woman. Some believe it was Peter's wife. Others think that it was actually the other disciple was Peter. It could possibly fit in the chronology of that day. But regardless, Cleopas was a woman. There's all, you know, there's a lady named uh, Nymphus who had a house church. She was pastoring a church in her house. And that's also uh, translated his house instead of her. There's just all kinds. So people want to say, is your translation accurate? Yes. So get ready to hear some things you've not read before. Luke, you know, who was Luke and Acts written to? Theophilus. Remember? You, you guys had Bibles? You guys, you, <laughs> pastors, let's, let's really teach. Okay, Theophilus, I write unto you most excellent Theophilus. Luke and Acts begins that way. Do you know there was no Theophilus? Theophilus means lover of God. And instead of putting lover of God, they put a name there, and they never found out. They never, you search it out yourself. They'll never find, he, he isn't alive. There was no Theophilus. Theophilus means lover of God. I write to you, excellent lover of God. 
And it actually says that Jesus appeared to Luke and authenticated the truths that he's writing. That's not found in a lot of translations. You will find it in our translation. You can get it at Kurong, I believe, and other places. Our apologies for not bringing you any. But um, that's enough of that. Let's go with the uh, hour and 15 minutes, uh, hour, 45 minutes, 30 minutes I have left. Let's do Song of Songs 2. Do you have it? I love this. Father, may the spirit of revelation fall upon us, brighten our eyes, let truth pierce our inner being, let there be a voice inside my voice that goes into the deepest parts of our hearts. Let the truth unfold before us and make us totally changed by the kiss of heaven today. In Jesus' name, amen. I love the Song of Songs. What a book to start out with a cry for a kiss. Let him kiss me. You know, for for many... uh, Many people sadly believe that the Song of Songs is, um, the children are all out of the room, right? That the Song of Songs is, that it's, um, uh, the Song of Songs is, they believe it's to help married couples in certain areas of their life. It's like dysfunctional couples, this is going to help you in your marriage. And uh, you're looking at somebody that doesn't necessarily believe that that's all it has to say. I really believe that it is the most beautiful, exquisite, superlative, transcendent, amazing song ever composed. And it has a lot more to do than just you and your spouse. It has to do with this love relationship, the romance of heaven that changes us from the inside in. It's not the old covenant that's from the outside on us. It's the new covenant reality from the inside burning its way out. And when you get the love of God inside of you, you get the love of Jesus, the kiss of heaven upon your heart, it's like swallowing a nuclear reactor. And it burns, and it burns, and it burns. It melts mountains of pride like, like wax. It melts our fear away. And uh, those little foxes that come and spoil the budding vines of our love, it just ruined. Love is what will change Australia. So I'm here to announce to you, the bridegroom is in the land. Trim your lamps, go out, and meet him. The wind of awakening is blowing across the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Don't make me sing it. This is our nation. God is about to break loose. And it's a love revival. It's the bride's revival. It's a lovey, kissy, anointed, romantic, coming to the burning love of God, the consuming presence revival. It's not pounding the pulpit and telling us everything that's wrong with us. Guilt-driven theologies of yesteryear, they're going to be replaced with the burning, fervent passion of hearts that, that are consumed by the solar flare of love. We're absolutely, you and me, you and I, we're going to be burning ones filled with the wall of fire around us and a glory within us. God himself will come and live among us Oh, my. You know, I I don't know how much you can handle here today, but are you sitting down? There's nothing wrong with you. A kiss wouldn't cure. Don't expect me to give it to you, but... uh, God wants Shulamites to rise up in Australia. Actually, if you're in Australia, it'd be Shulamite. 
the, the, Shula, the Shula, Shulamites, Shulamites. God wants, did you know Shulamite and Solomon comes from the same root word? One's masculine, one's feminine. He that's joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. We are the Shulamite lover, passionate men and women. It doesn't matter. Get over it, mates. Get over it. Uh, We are the bride. We're the romantic, love-filled, passionate. I I want him and nothing else. Don't tell me about your favorite guru. Don't give me the novel teachings. I just want Jesus raw, right out of the can, fresh, pure, organic. Give it to me. And that's what we're going to have in the coming days here in this beautiful, beautiful land. We love this paradise called Australia. And Jesus is jealous for you. So he says in verse uh, 14 of chapter 2, he calls his bride of Australia, he says, my dove. You see that? My dove. Aren't you glad it's not my kookaburra, platypus, joey, turtle, snake? Of all the animals, he, he he chose the, the emblem of a dove. Now, a dove is a picture of the Holy Spirit. And to have dove's eyes is to see in the Spirit, to see Him and others the way He sees us. Dove's eyes by the Spirit enable us to to translate life, to interpret what takes place in our lives, and interpret it through a grace glasses, a love lens over our heart. We understand that, that people change just like we change. He calls us, my dove. And he doesn't put us in a cage. He puts us in the wounds of his cross, in the wounds of his side. It says, my dove in the clefts of the rock. Do you see it there? The rock cleft for me, the rock that was cleft open, the split open side of the Lord Jesus Christ. My dove, I've hidden you. I've placed you in my wounds. I've put you there covered in blood. I've I've placed you in the most soothing, comfortable place I could ever carry you right next to my heart. You are the one. That I've chosen. God has chosen you in love. Ephesians 1.4 says that he's chosen us to be his. The word chosen is the Greek word eklegomai. If you slow it down, you'll hear the word eklogosmai. You've been chosen to be a word sent from the mouth of God. You will not return to him void. You will bring forth everything you've been destined to bring to pass. You've been chosen to be a word from God. A revelation message, a truth that only you can represent to the nations. There's something uniquely beautiful about your life. How's it feel to be the fiancé of Jesus? My dove in the clefts of the rock. The rock is, of course, Christ. The cleft rock, his side, the wounds. And I put you in the hiding place on the mountainside. Or the, the, the translation, uh, passion translation is, I've, I've hidden you in the secret stairway of the sky. Which is more accurate. The secret stairway of the sky. You know there's a stairway that goes into the heavens. It's a ladder. It's an escalator. It, it's a lift. It, it's something that moves us into the heavenly encounters. 
You know you're already placed in the heavenly realm. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. You've been robed, throned, and, and, and beautified in that glorious presence. You're there already, mate. You are in this place of affectionate love and embrace fully. Not when you get better. Not when all your problems are over. Not when you learn to drive correctly. But now, you are cherished The Bible says that radiance is in your future. Jesus is coming back for a radiant church, a radiant bride. He's not coming back for a juvenile that is so uh, dysfunctional, messed up, can't get along with anybody. He's coming back for a perfect personality match. He went online. He did the personality profile. He found you. You match every one of those profiles. jharmony.com.au How does it feel to be the perfect match, the perfect partner for the Son of God? All of your destiny is wrapped up into this union with Christ to be his lover, to be his his yielded partner. The co-signer to the title deed of the universe, the joint heir of all things, the one who has authority. Your signature carries weight in the heavenly realm. The secret place of the stairs. Then he says, show me your face. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. Your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. Let's get this out of the way real quick. Tell the person next to you, your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. Okay. Oh, we've got some smooching going on back here. Your face. You know, how many years have we cried out and prayed? And how many songs have we sung that says, Lord, show me your face? Don't we want to see his face? Show me your face, Lord. I bet you've even said it. Lord, just if I know I could make it, if I could just see your face. And he says, no, let me see your face. There was a man in the Bible named Saul. He became Paul. He got knocked off his high horse, bit the dust. Jesus appeared to him, by the way, spoke in Aramaic to him. And what, where was Paul going? What, he was on the road. He was on the highway to someplace. Yeah, look up here real quick. You're on the same road to Damascus. The Lord is going to demask you in this coming day. Shame is going to go away. Veils are going to... Who wants to kiss a bride with a veil on? Yuck. <laughs> Try that one. He wants a bride with no shame, no guilt, no inferiority, no orphan mentality, no, I'm not good enough, I'm unworthy. Maybe someday I can rise up and go to the mountains with you, but I'm not ready right now. That whole mentality is going to leave. 
Jesus wants an unveiled bride. Moses put a veil over. There was a glory of the old, but the greater glory of the new is without a veil. It's inside out. I had a dream the night we left to come here, before we left to come to, to Oz, and I saw me traveling Australia, and I was telling every church the new covenant reality of a, of a fire that burns within us, the glory that is greater. It's a, we go from glory to glory. It's not the fading glory of men, the last meeting, the last speaker, the last conference. It's a greater glory that burns in us. And if it's external, it's religion. If it's internal, it's God burning his way through us. The works of man mean nothing in the eyes of God. He doesn't need us. He doesn't like the legs of a man, it says in the Psalms. God is not after the strength. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So the Lord wants to demask us and to bring us into the face-to-face encounter. In Numbers 12, it says God spoke to Moses face-to-face, right? No. Get the Passion Translation when, I, when it comes out. The Hebrew, you check it out. I, I, I like being checked out. It's mouth-to-mouth. God spoke to Moses mouth-to-mouth. And the Lord is going to raise up a bridal partner, a a company of men and women in Australia that he's speaking to mouth to mouth, not from the outside. He's breathing on us like he did his disciples in the upper room. And he's going to put his spirit in us. He's going to put his his fiery glory within us. It's going to get brighter and greater. We go from glory to glory, but many of you are stuck at two. Glory to glory. That's okay. It's ever-increasing glory. Show me your face is worship. Your voice is sweet is intercession. It's prayer. And I see, prophetically, I see a fire coming into the, the prayer meetings that you're going to start very soon here. There's going to be a move of the Spirit that's going to kindle like smoke, holy smoke and fire as you build an altar, as you build a place of, of, of new covenant praying where you're not pounding on heaven to get something, but in this, this realm of, of trysting, uh, of coming into the trysting place, the cloud-filled chamber where you and your lover meet, and in that realm, uh, you know, your lover's powerless to you. Do you know in the Song of Songs... In chapter 6, verse four, uh, 5, chapter 6, verse 5, you should look at this because it's really crazy. Are you sitting down? He actually says to his beloved, he says, turn your eyes from me. I can't take it anymore. I can't withstand the gaze from the eyes that I adore. A fleeting glance of love, and I am undone. Your endless, ceaseless gaze. I have, I have been overcome. Jesus has to say to an adoring bride, turn your eyes from me. I'm going to say it again. Jesus is so ravished by your life and your love. You think you're weak. You think you're, you know. In the new covenant, weakness is irrelevant Weakness is never the issue to God. Never. 
Weakness is the tractor beam that pulls love, grace, strength, mercy kiss to our soul. When I'm weak, I am strong. Strengths are always the issue, not weaknesses. Those clever things that he's had to break in my life and he's doing in your life too. So don't look at me too, too long. But he says, you, you have so ravished my heart, I, I, I'm undone. I, I'm ruined by a glance from your eyes. Just one glance. My ravished heart is undone. One glance. Weak, feeble, imperfect, immature. One glance. We conquer him. You ravish the heart of Jesus. This, this is really wild. How does it feel to conquer the conqueror? The unconquerable Christ is conquered by his bride. All the demons of hell cannot do to Jesus what you can. You have greater sway, power. Uh, you have the movement of your soul toward him is so alluring. It's so powerful that he cannot resist you when you come. He says, what do you want? You want nations? I'll give it to you. You want awakening, you want revival, you want a city, you want a building, you want a breakthrough, you want souls. Ask of me, and I'll give it to you. I know it's a stupid illustration, but when I look at this beautiful woman with fluffy sweater that I really like touching, I told her it's dangerous. I want to touch it when she puts it on. Excuse me. Oh, I like that. You pay me, I'll let you touch it too. But it's really, it's just something about her. I'm drawn to her, okay? Her eyes make me melt inside. 42 years, I'm still like stupid when I'm around her. I love her totally. And a manifestation comes over me when I really, when, when oh, there she goes again. When her eyes... When her eyes lock onto mine, my hand just shakes and, and it does weird things. It, it goes into my pocket and, and it pulls out money. <laughs> and I, I want to say, you know, I don't want to give you a gift, I want to give you a shopping mall. Here, take the American Express, it has a higher limit. You can go for it. Stupid. Spirit of stupid comes on me. She conquers me. Can you imagine the person next to you and you, even you, that there's something so... Come on, this is so awesome. You have the capability of ransacking the heart of Jesus Christ. You conquer the conqueror. That would make you more than a conqueror. Where do you think Paul got that? You conquer him. Show me your face. Let me hear your voice. 
Your face is lovely. Your voice is sweet. Something irresistible about the bride. And as we travel Australia, we see a radiant church rising. Radiance is in your future. The end of this year will be so much greater than how you began it. As this church swells again, and multiple services break out, and you enlarge your heart for a city, and as Adelaide comes trembling to the King of Glory, you're going to be very instrumental in seeing the great outpouring in the great Southland of the Holy Spirit. This city has not been forgotten. You're not forgotten. Your church, this beautiful church, is not forgotten, but you are cherished. Uh, Your foundations are built with love and mercy. And God is a wall of fire around you. He's glory within you, and he's about to meet earth with a sloppy, wet kiss. Half the churches that sing that change those words. They don't like them. No, they do. I was so thrilled. that Oh, finally, we're in a church that puts it the way it was originally written. But I'm just here as, as a servant to tell you how much he loves you and that you don't know how much he loves you. You think you do, but you don't. And the know-it-all, that know-it-all thing has to be crushed. And, and there's so, sec- so many secrets and beautiful mysteries and glory that he wants to unveil in these last days. Like the new Jerusalem. You're not going to the new Jerusalem. It's coming here. Like a city that is a bride adorned for her husband. The new Jerusalem is where God and man mingle. Two become one. The 200% company are coming. Where the very DNA, the very spirit being within us yields to the, to the inflow and outflow of, of, of God within us. Christ in heaven is not the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. If you miniaturize the new Jerusalem with its 12 gates and all of the, if you take the dimensions of the new Jerusalem in Revelation, if you miniaturize it, it's the breastplate of the high priest. Every priest before he went in, before the presence, had to understand that we are the dwelling place. And on those stones were engraved men the names of men, transformed lives, men that have been changed by the power and love of God. So the secrets are going to unfold. The Bible says that in the last days, knowledge will increase. Many will go here and there. You didn't get it. Let me try it again. Knowledge will increase. Many will go here and there. Get on the stairway of the sky. We are climbing Jacob's ladder. The angels ascending and descending were not angels of heaven. They were men. They are people. In the Bible, many times, angel refers to people. Paul said, you received me as an angel of the Lord. The seven angels of the seven churches in the book of Revelation were pastors. They were the leadership of those churches. The word messenger or angel can refer to both angelic and human. 
We are climbing Jacob's ladder. If there were angels in heaven, they would have descended and ascended. But it doesn't say that. They ascended and descended. When Jesus saw Nathanael, remember, gave him a word of knowledge. I saw you under the fig tree of divine purpose. I noticed you there. And, and Nathanael was so astounded that, that he had eyes that saw him from a distance and knew it was that Nathanael was there. And, and he said to, to Nate, and he said, uh, you will see heaven open over you. And you will witness messengers going up and coming back. The last day's angels are ascending the hill of the Lord, the secret stairway, the the highway of holiness. It's throughout the scriptures. Come up here. Come into a higher place. And in this realm of revelation, we see the love. We see our lives. We see our difficulties. We interpret them through a totally different lens. So may the Lord release the spirit of revelation upon you. Every move of God brings a new and fresh revelation. But the Lord told me this coming move of God is going to bring the spirit of revelation. Would you like to have an endless fountain inside of you that flows? A drink becomes a river. A drink becomes a river. Take a drink and it becomes a river. And that's the Holy Spirit. God's calling you to this message. (laughs) Go ahead and take the call. I need a drink. I have a lot of fun. Quit looking at me. You're too pretty. Well, the woman at the well is the last day's church. Did you know her name has been hidden throughout church history? You're going to like this, Karen, and uh, you ladies. She actually has a name. The woman at the well. Well, her name is... Potini, P-H-O-T-I-N-I. Google, Wikipedia, do whatever you want online. You will find her. She became one of the greatest apostles of the Lamb of God. She was a city reacher. That gal was so anointed, she tore up regions for Christ. Even kings and princes bowed and acknowledged her glory. She was a friend of Peter and Paul and James and the apostles. She went down in church history as one of the most dynamic evangelists ever to live and has been sanitized and taken out of most history books because they called her an apostle. Anyway, Potini. Sounds a little Italian to me, Potini. Uh, she'd married five times. So are you. You've been married five times. You've been married to your five senses. Living with the sixth, the number of man, it's all about you. It's all about the, the human natural realm. But the seventh man is on the well. The seventh man it came to be a lid to Jacob's well. He sat on Jacob's well, closed it. Jacob's conniving, clever, always has a way out. I can get through this on my own. That strong sense of I've got what it takes. Jacob's well, he's a lid. He sat on Jacob's well and opened up a well. And this girl took one drink and reached a city. She dropped her water pot and became one. She carried the living water. 
and, and went through the streets of the town saying, Come here, a man that told me everything I've done. And all the men are saying, Yeah, well, we could have told you everything you've done. So humble, so tender for her to do that. And the Spirit of the Lord fell on a city, Sychar. And the entire city emptied out. And the, the, the Greek text, as I just translated that in John 4, it says they, they streamed out one after another. It was like a river of people. It's the word used for a river flowing. A river of people streamed out of the city to come and see this man, Jesus. Let him kiss me. With the kisses of his mouth. Your love is better than wine. Your very name is flowing oil. No wonder the brides-to-be adore you. Draw me into your heart and take me into your cloud-filled chamber. The Hebrew is actually a chamber inside of a chamber. I love to come back someday. Here I am inviting myself. But I would love to come back someday and do a song of songs. Show me your face. Don't lower your head. Don't, you know, don't shrink back. Don't, he's the lifter up of our head. He's, don't be under any, uh, you're going to be fine. There's a wall of fire around you and glory within you. Jesus loves everything about you. He loves, uh, he loves the way you love him. So keep it up. And as this fire intensifies throughout the month of June and sparks begin to fly in July, watch the way he comes to you in August. Things are going to change. I decree it over you. In the name of the one who sent me, I decree it over you. Your whole life is about to change. Lots of light right over here. I just saw the angelic presence come right over here. You guys like friends? Really? You want to stand up and go to heaven? You like to go to heaven? All right. Just close your eyes. Fall on them right now. Holy Spirit. More. 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 More, more. (laughs) Bouncing right back behind them, too. Thank you, Jesus. You know what he really loves about you guys? Everything. That's a good refrigerator statement to put on your refrigerator. Thank you, pastors, for giving us this opportunity. And uh, why don't don't we just pray over the uh, Shulamites, if we could, those of you that, uh, men and women, that would like to receive prayer this morning. Your heart needs a kiss. Some of you look like the cover page to the Book of Lamentations. You need something. 
you need something, my friend. Whatever you have is not quite working well. It's not... There is no purgatory, so get out of it. Oh, you just need to take a kiss, baby. Oh, give her a good one, Jesus. More. Double it. Pow. <laughs> oh. Oh, my. Woo. Woo. Mm. Candace, you want to come up and we'll, we'll pray? We, we don't want to let the kids uh, get left too long without parents so whatever needs to be done there but we we want to pray if we could for those of you that would like to receive prayer is that is that all right pastors that we do that oh let all the thirsty the hungry come yeah more more jesus 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 Okay, lift your hands up, everybody. Now, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us to bow our heads. I want you to lift your face up. The, 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 the Bible way of prayer is lifting your face before the Lord. He says, show me your face. Take the veil off. Take insecurity. Take that, that I'm not good enough. I didn't have a very nice week. I'm still struggling. My heart hurts about something. Take that off for just a moment. And let him come and kiss you. You're, you know what? Your wife would like you if, you if you got a kiss today from Jesus. You would become a different person. She might enjoy you a little bit more. Your kids would want to come around you. When the kiss of heaven's on your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Something's going to happen here Wednesday night. Is that when the um, Cambodia ministry people come? You want to come for that because something's going to break loose here. Something really good's going to happen. Oh! Hmm. Jesus, go to heaven. Just go to heaven. Rise up, fair one. Rise up, Shulamite. Rise up, men and women, lovers of God. This is who you're, you're, you're made to become. You don't wear a yoke of religion. You wear the garment of glory, the splendor garment. Sit in throne, captive daughter of Zion. Put off the dust. Take the shackles from your neck. Put on the splendor garments. Okay. <laughs>